Today's episode of On the Break is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, the Alvin Gentry might actually kill an official edition. J-Mac here in the studio with Josh VG. Josh, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? It's good to be back. I really thought he was going to kill somebody in that that uh, Utah game last night. Dude, He like people talk about tough coaches. He's one of them. He's definitely one He's, of them. He's really overlooked, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he hasn't, like... He didn't, I think his big thing was he never did anything with Anthony Davis when he was in New Orleans, you know? But, I mean, how could you? <laughs> I mean, I get – I mean, they did everything they could. They got Boogie in there. They, I mean, you know, they did – they tried to put the pieces around him as best they could. But, boy, yeah, he – it hasn't – it just hasn't been an overall great tenure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's always been kind of middle in the road. But I, I think a lot of players really like him a lot. How long do you think he's been there now? In Phoenix? No, uh, so I'm talking about with the Pelicans. Oh, uh, talk about Alvin Gentry, not Monty Williams. My bad. Um, I get those two guys confused. They're very similar in nature and style too. Uh, three years since 2013, actually. 2013. Jeez, yeah. it doesn't feel like it. Does it, it feels like he's about to get fired every year, and they never actually do it. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. guys. But yeah, man, it, it's it's quite the situation, and the. I mean, Kyle texted us with a couple of, of notes before the game, and I mean, he, he was, or before the, the game, before the episode, and was saying that, you know, Utah is just, not, lacks the offensive power and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, games like last night when they played New Orleans, and I mean, the officiating was just horrifically bad. I feel like I've heard a lot of bitching about officiating this year, and I know that we live in that world of, like, constant bitching about officiating because we all watch every game on high def pretty much now and you know it's camera angles you can slow it down and we talked about that a couple episodes ago when you were inbounding to LeBron and a lot of times that ball would have been off LeBron's hands you know 10 years ago versus not now and it's pretty nuts man it really is and especially when you watch like you watch back to like games in like 2012 and stuff like that the quality was terrible compared to what it is now yeah and I think also people are (laughs) so like offense has always driven viewership or at least that's what the NBA has believed since about 2000 right ever since um, they got rid of hand checking yeah yeah so since they got rid of hand checking they want to see offense you want to see dunks and things like that but we're getting to a point where people are so efficient um and so good at drawing fouls specifically james harden that it's it slows down the game and people don't just want to see like you you've said all the time you just don't want to see houston just shoot 60 bombs a game right oh i don't like and people are finding starting to find it boring, and so they have more to nitpick, right? Um, which is why the play, the NBA playoffs are some of like I'm a big believer in 
the seven game series will almost always show you the best team mm-hmm. out of the two, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not like the NFL where you can have those like wild card teams that just beat somebody, or like an NCAA tournament where you just have like a um, when Butler went to the Final Four, they came in as like a six seed, right? Something like that, yeah. It was something low. Um, you can't just have this Cinderella team, right? It's always going to show you the best team, but there's a lot of drama within it, and it's because they they turn down the officiating. They don't just call every foul, mm-hmm. right? Like they do in the regular season. Um, but so, I mean, yeah, I, you've made the point a hundred times. Like you just want them to call it consistently. I mean, we all agree yeah. with that. Just call it consistently. Right. Exactly. And that was my big thing with the the. If the viewers remember the issue that I had with um, whenever they called it out on LeBron James after Patrick Beverly swiped the ball out of his hands, yeah, and it like went off the back of LeBron's hand, just barely grazed it. Is you're not calling that 99% of the time during the game. Yeah. So it's effectively like you're changing the rules of the game in the last few minutes of the game when you have to review everything. Right. It's true. And that's just, it's, it's just not consistent. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I get that. But I mean, we talked about like the, the value of accuracy and all that kind of stuff, especially living in a world where gambling seems to be like increasingly important and you know, all yeah. that stuff. So like, I, I get all that, but like it is, but man, like, you know, like, I was thinking about this not long ago because I was at the Mavericks Celtics game when they were in town back about a month ago. And it was a game that was on ESPN. It was an 830 tip, which those games stink because they go on forever. Yeah. And they just, I mean, there's every timeout's a three minute timeout. And it just, it it's brutal, right? And it's like if you call every foul, it's just like, I don't want to sit here and watch this. It's just brutal, you know? And like, I get that side of it too because it does slow things down. Just call it like that the whole game then. Let's not get ticky-tacky at the end. Yeah, and I don't know how to fix it because you you like, you like want the calls to be right, you know? But Well, and don't think that don't the NBA doesn't it. want those games to go to seven game series. Game oh, seven sure, in the series. I mean, that's that's a big part of it too. It's how you build revenue, right? Absolutely. You're selling way more ads that way. And we, you've, you've always said, watch where the money goes. That's where That's where things will happen right not to say that that doesn't like that that's all of what it is or anything like that because that's definitely not true but like and that's why it is a seven game series the best team does usually win i think that is a really good number to get there i I, like baseball does five games for the divisional rounds and i've always thought that's way too short yeah you know and but i mean i guess that does give you it's a little bit different because you don't have like a wild card team type situation in basketball but at least the wild card team has a shot versus you know I don't know. You still have to go through that seven game set, but it's not quite as hard. So I, I don't know. I, I don't. We talked a lot about how they could reform the playoffs and all that, but I've never really come up with anything that I'm like 100 percent happy with, other than the yeah. seven game series. Yeah, I um, James Harden has become so good at grabbing people's hands and having them and make like essentially making people foul him. There's going to be some rules rule changing coming his way pretty soon here. I think. What do you think? Now, changes? Let's not take it. Do what? What do you think changes? Um, so if I had to if I had to try and fix James Harden like from shooting so many free throws, right? Because a lot of people complain about that and they say that the games are super slow. I actually need to come out come at you with a stat for how long the Houston games are compared to the rest of the just because of the amount of free throws that he shoots, right? Yeah. Um I would so anytime that I I catch him grabbing somebody else's hand, which he does a lot. a lot. Whenever he does that carry through, he grabs somebody. That's a flagrant. Like I'm calling a flagrant. If I had to change the rules wow. to try and get him not off the line so much, that's what I would do because really he's the, one of the only people in the league that actually does that. Yeah. I don't. 
so I can't and, think and, of anybody else that does it at volume like he does. Right. And the dude's so crafty. And honestly, he does it because he's smart and he knows it's the rules of the game. There was a, I, I discussed this with Kyle actually at one point, but there was a great quote. I don't know if I ever showed you because it was Kobe and I figured I'd just trigger you. <laughs> but Kobe said uh, he not that. only would study the rules of the game in the rule book, but he would study where each official needed to be and what they were looking at in order to find like holes in where the, where the official, um, the officials essentially defense, right? Find the holes where somebody like find an area of the court where somebody's not watching it at a certain amount of time. And he would play outside of the rules in those moments. And that's dude, that's the kind of craftiness that James Harden is showing is he knows the rule book so well, and he knows how to get those calls and he's doing it. So what you end up doing is you end up doing the playing whack-a-mole like you did with mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, where, he did the rip through so much that they actually changed the rule and said, okay, it's just a no- normal personal foul. It's not a shooting foul anymore. Right. Until you're in the bonus. Right. Yeah. Um, it should be that so, way regardless in that case. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, all great players change rules. Yeah. Like absolutely. Will Chamberlain changed rules. Michael Jordan changed rules. Steve like, Nash. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I- it doesn't surprise me that Kobe would go that direction with it. Not, not to yeah. n- honestly, not even to bag on him because we all know Kobe worked the hardest. There's no doubt about that. At yeah, least of that he was smart about it too. Yeah, and he was smart about it. Like Kobe's a like, I don't think he's the most gifted player in the world, but I think his hard no. work makes up for that. And that that's what it was was always impressive to me about Kobe. It's the thing that the whole Kobe thing is very simple. I don't want to go down a huge rabbit hole, but it's very simple. The things that people talk about that they think make Kobe great are not what make Kobe great. And that's what kills me about it. I don't give a fuck that he scored 81 points in a game. They still lost that game. It's it's the fact that he worked the hardest throughout his entire career to find loopholes like that to make sure that, like, I'm taking advantage of every little situation. That's the stuff that people should talk about that nobody talks about. Did you ever watch that 81-point game? Yeah, of course. Dude, I watched it live. It was crazy. I remember. Yeah. It was insane. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen somebody so unstoppable as he was in that game. I haven't. Uh, well, I mean, you take enough shots, and it's pretty easy. To <laughs> just, sure. And you're Kobe Bryant, like you know, like that's yeah, not. But yeah, it. you're right. I, I can't. I think it might have been Shannon Sharp or Max Kellerman that said, "If you told me that you could be one player in the history of the league, nobody would pick Kobe Bryant. Everybody would pick Shaq because that dude just had so much talent. He just was able to have fun. Kobe just did nothing but practice constantly. Right? Good he for never him, had man. any fun. Yeah, like his life wasn't fun. It was just trying to kill other people. Shaq's was fun. It's, it's because that's that's exactly right. He might be the hardest worker in the history of the league. Yeah, it's definitely up there. That's for sure. And like I said, I that's the only reason I respect him as much as I do is because I know how hard he worked. And I, yeah. I'm not even a Lakers guy. But um, yeah, man, it, it's it's interesting with James Harden because it, it we're getting to that point where they're going to have to do something that's going to make it so unbearable because they already play kind of a hard-to-watch style of basketball to begin with. And then you add that in there. Did you happen to find the times of, of the average game length? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I, I'd be curious because it's got to be, I would, hmm, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like what a good over under would be of like the, you know, like the difference, but it, it's up there. I'll, I'll give you a chance to look it up, but yeah, um, I, I, I just, you're going to have it. No, no worries. But I just think there's this, there's this like weird stigma about getting calls and how like it, it depends on the player like Rick Carlisle has been bitching a lot about how people have been roughing Luca up and they have but I mean you're gonna get that when you're unstoppable third fourth best player in the league like that's just gonna happen you know and I don't know if that you can really 
bitch about that because you're not going to get James Harden calls when you're second year in the league. You know, still developing, still. I mean, he's a superstar, but I mean, he's still got a lot to. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say he's got a lot to prove, but he kind of does. So, yeah. I mean, he's second year. Right. Like, right. Like he's as touted as you can be in your second year, right? Exactly. But, you know, so, I, but I do think it's ridiculous that he doesn't get the same calls that, that Harden gets, that, you know, Ben Simmons gets, that, you know, Kyrie gets, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that you should have to earn calls. That seems ridiculous to me. It's always seemed ridiculous to me. If it's a foul, yeah. it's a foul. Yeah, I mean, there are games are called differently for stars than there are for role players. Um, I think that I think that James Harden gets the calls that he should get, but because he plays outside of the rules. Sure. Like by definition, somebody reaching their hand in there and he grabs it and pulls it into him that that's a foul. Like that's yeah. a foul on the on the defender because he has a right to that space. It's He's already region. occupying yeah. that space, right? Yeah. But he's just so good at drawing it that it's it's just a it's just obnoxious. Sure, essentially, you know. Um, I, but I yeah, like superstars and stars get bet more calls than like role players and maybe even starters get. Um, I think Luca's a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, to to getting those getting those calls, he gets them at a higher rate than like a um, uh, like a starter, like yeah. a normal starter or a role player. He's not he's not getting the calls that James Harden is getting. He's not getting the calls that. That LeBron's getting, so he's right. somewhere between like Jamal Murray and James Harden as far as far as the calls that he's getting. Yeah, and the crazy thing is like you remember a couple of years ago where the Rockets. It was actually last year, wasn't it? Last year the Rockets after they um, um, after they lost to the to the Warriors the year before in their playoff series, they came out with a uh, with a big report. Daryl Moore came out with a big report that said that Golden State got better calls than anybody else in the league, and they. They looked through the Golden State and uh, Warriors, um, um, Golden State and uh, yeah, Warriors. Sorry, uh, series, and it was like there was like twenty nine missed calls in one game or something like that. And then they made an argument that they should have been awarded the award of the win because of it, or awarded but, the series because wait. of it. But it's like so. Excuse me. The thing is, Jet like. The calls anybody can look through a game and find a bunch of calls that were missed. Anyone can do it, right? But stars, because the eyes are on them so often, they get they have the ability to do that. Like they have the ability to say, I was fouled here, 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 and here, and you didn't call them. Yeah. You know, but if you call every single foul that happens in a game, it's gonna be it's gonna take forever. So I just want to back up on something for a second, though. The general manager of the Rockets sat there and put his time and resources into bitching about another team not or you know not getting you know or having calls in their favor or whatever that sounds like a bunch of excuses to me is what that sounds like i would have done the same thing like well you need honestly, you're not a gm of a team for a reason that's maybe i should be <laughs> maybe but, <laughs> but regardless you're not and, and my point is though that like you should, i don't see any other team in the league doing that i just think that shit is weak man that stuff is weak to me yeah, after the Golden State OKC series in in 2015, I would have went to I would have went to the front office and had video of Draymond Green kicking Stephen Adams in the crotch 15 different times and said, "You're not calling this because you're not calling this. You won. You lost the series by not calling this because this guy should have been thrown out and had and sat a couple games out. That cost us this amount of revenue. Two, you're like you're putting our players at risk. Like we're suing you for that." 
like I just I think that there should be some repercussion for missed calls. Well, especially missed calls like that. But I I get where you're coming from in that it was a situation where he felt wronged that sure. he lost. And he but, felt you know, like there were a bunch of calls that were supposed to happen. So he did the only thing that he could. Nothing ever came of it. You know? fair. No, for sure. But, I mean, then you turn around and whenever you sit there and say, well, you cost us this amount of revenue and everything like that, then Adam Silver watches this China thing and turns around and be like, you cost us this amount of revenue. Yeah, that's you fair. can get the hell out. So it's a dangerous citru- uh, uh, you know, like precedent that you set by doing stuff like that. Yeah, and it just—I think the league paid it no mind because they don't want to see stuff like that. They understand <laughs> the league knows what it's doing when it comes to making money. You know what I mean? And they yeah. don't want to see stuff like that. They don't care. They really don't care. Like, think about what this league made off that Golden State team in the bigger picture of it. I mean, billions of dollars. Yeah, you know, and their dominance was huge. It was huge for the the growth of the actual sport. And I, so I get where Houston's coming from. And it, they, that was a good series. That was a hell of a series. And they're a couple of injuries away from really, you know, making something happen. There it was really only one game away. The Warriors barely got out of that series. But even so, man, it just stuff like that just pisses me off about Houston. It really does. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, but I, I'm with you on the whole, like slowing the game down, like call stuff. That's kind of where we got with this stuff. Um, yeah, we went down the rabbit hole. For we sure, sure did. But one. regardless, like I, I get where you're coming from as far as slowing the game down. But it just there's some things that are just so egregious. It feels like there should be a way to go back and look at that real quickly and see. Like the we've gotten to this place, in, and this is across all sports. It's not even necessarily just a basketball thing. Basketball is very much involved, and basketball does a pretty good job of this. But like we've gotten to this place where it's like a review takes 20 minutes. It doesn't take 20 Dude, minutes. Yes. But it takes like three minutes or whatever. Like watch, go watch Wimbledon. I know you're not a huge tennis guy, but go watch it. When, whenever they have that IBM Watson thing, it looks at the the call, and I know it's a little bit more subjective. It's either on the line or not, but it has an answer back within 10 seconds. It's like that's what you need. If you have a replay center in New Jersey or whatever, I forgot where the hell it is, Secaucus or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Um, I feel like you should be able to get these calls out a lot quicker than they do. Yeah, I agree 100%. Every time that every time that a ref goes to the sideline, it's taking 4 or 5 minutes. I'm not going to say that it should it should take 10 seconds cuz that's probably not realistic in the game of basketball, yeah. but it shouldn't take you that long to figure out who that ball came off of. There should be a clock that the referee has to abide by. That would be great, dude. Uh uh like it what would 2 you minute call clock. It? Yeah, no, dude, it'd be like I said it for like 50 seconds. Be like, yeah. you make that call. You're a professional referee, for God's sakes. If not, we're bringing another ref. Yep. <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep running them in there. Yeah, that's right. All right, we fixed officiating in the NBA. That's perfect. All right. Check that off of our list. <laughs> yeah. You were saying that I shouldn't be a GM. Uh, I should not only have a shot at a GM, I should have a shot at Silver's job, too. I think that so. you should have a, a job leading the uh, the referee association. Oh, dude, they would hate me. <laughs> they would hate you so Mostly because I hate them. <laughs> They would hate you so fast. <laughs> everybody call everybody call your own fouls. Just like a pickup game. Oh my god, that would be something. That would be horrible, dude. It'd <laughs> be so bad. Do you imagine the amount of bitching you would hear all the time? Yeah, I know, dude. Oh, It'd oh be bad. God. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's something that seems like it's been prevalent this year a lot, though, and it just a lot of game. And it's only going to get worse with gambling getting more and more popular and, and notoriety. It really is because money's on the line there. Yeah, and, I mean money's always on the line, but even more so for the common person, it's easier for it to be on the line in that case. Right, right. So anyway, I just think it's interesting. I I, I thought a lot about that when I was watching that game last night, just because it seemed like it it drug on like a tailpipe, and I really thought that 
the whole Pelican staff really was just raging. So it was uh, it was great. So anyway, but yeah, man, I have I was watching uh, the other night. Denver came to town. Have you got a chance to watch much of the Nuggets? Uh, is this a segue into Michael Porter Jr.? <laughs> sure, because be. I am on the Michael Porter Jr. train. Me too. But tell us more, dude. This is very early, and I know I'm gonna, I know I'm going to catch heat for this. I'm ready to say it though. There is not a person under the age of 22 not named Luka Doncic that I would take over Michael Porter Jr. at this point. It uh, are you adding a caveat to that? Assuming he stays healthy. Assuming he stays healthy, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't like, hate the take. Not assuming that he stays healthy. There's a lot of people that I'm going to take over, right? right? Trey Young but, over him? No. Uh, not if he stays healthy. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, the only person that comes close for me is. There's a couple of people that come close. Like the short list is Triple J. Okay. John Morant. Yep. DeAndre Ayton's up there for me. Um I don't know about Ayton. I would I would take MPJ over all of them if if he yeah. stays healthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I follow you. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you look at his if you look at his stats, they're not that impressive. Like, except for oh. that he's shooting fifty percent from the field and forty percent from the free throw line. That's big. Yeah. He's a six foot ten small forward who can pass dude he has a really good feel for the game right now he can board he still looks he's honestly playing really well and he looks really ginger he's got a beautiful shot he can score at three different levels i hit i watched him hit righty hooks and lefty hooks i've watched him hit like coming off a curl the nuggets will run a run a play where they hand it off at the top of the key to a big man and then set it down screen in the corner and then he'll come off a curl hit a he, uh, I think it was against the Kings the other night. He took one dribble and then pulled up into a into a leaning three and just drilled it. Yeah, like I've I've seen shots that look like Kevin Durant and that like his legs are flopping all over the place because he's trying to keep balance, but his upper body is straight up and down. And his, the top of his form is just fantastic. I he looks so polished and talented, and he's going to get so much better if he can stay healthy. And he's only I, playing twelve minutes a game. Yeah, he's not playing a lot, and and they're just massaging his minutes. Definitely, like, I mean, you have to. Yeah, when that dude gets healthy, he's he's going to be a superstar. If he gets healthy, he's going to be a superstar. I would take him like injury versus injury. Like right now, if you gave me the choice between him and Zion, I'm taking him. Um, I don't hate the take. I, I they both I, have injury concerns. I, I, I think that. MPJ, neither of them had injury concerns. MPJ has a higher ceiling for me. Okay. I, I, I definitely agree with that, actually. I definitely agree the higher ceiling thing. I don't know. I'm not sure where I am with Zion yet, just because we hadn't even seen him play NBA basketball. Yeah, he plays tonight, actually. Oh, is he actually stay, starting tonight? He's, he's, he's playing. I don't know if he's starting. He'll probably come in and like run up and down the court twice, and then they'll take him out or something. I don't know. Bust through a um, shoe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just for just for views, um, but yeah, he plays tonight. Okay, interesting. I'm I'm looking for so whenever the Nuggets were in town, though, like Michael Porter Jr. didn't play much. He really didn't, and I was really kind of surprised by that. But Jokic is man, he's so good. He's incredibly efficient. He's quick off the ball on the ball. He's, I mean, he's so ginger too. Like, he's unstoppable. 
Jokic, no, yeah. The Mavericks couldn't throw anything at him. And most He's teams too can. big. They don't have, like, you're going to guard him with Porzingis? Yeah. Porzingis weighs half of what that dude weighs. But he plays, like, but he plays like a point guard. He does, dude. He's the best. He's one of the best passers, not just a big, that I've ever seen, bro. Like, he's such a good passer. Yeah, he really, like, he's a good facilitator overall. Yeah, and, like, he's he's just so great at, like, knowing where everybody is on the court, knowing what's happening. And that offense is so, so motion. They're, they're moving people around constantly. There will be times where Jokic will be posted up and turn around to face up and go to the rim, and they'll have somebody cutting right by him, and he'll just hit him in the bread basket, like, immediately. And it's like, you can't stop that, dude. Like, that is a guy – there are very few guys that you can stick on an offense and it just take off immediately. Him and LeBron, like, just make everybody else around them just because they're so good at passing. Yeah. Well, and, like, the like there's nobody, like you said, that can match up. And, like, that, that would be my one knock towards MPJ right now is just that there are certain matchups that don't work well for him. Like, in this Dallas game, he played 14 minutes and scored two points. Like so, the, the def, you know there are defensive matchups that don't work for him yet because he hasn't had a chance to develop his game in on an NBA level yet. So like things like that are very glaring at times. He'll get there though. I like the upside. I, or I love the upside. I mean, it was a steal. Would he get taken 12, 13, something like that? I think it was ten. Okay, it was right in that that range. No, no, no it was fourteen. It was fourteen. Okay. It was right out right in the lottery. Yeah, it was right outside it. And I mean, that was a deep draft. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think anybody. Uh, specifically expected him to fall that far and yeah. I mean it, it was one of those things by the time that Denver got there based on their needs which they don't they didn't really have a whole lot of actual need at that point it was the best pick they could have taken dude it was a flyer draft pick like yeah and that was it was like it was the Cowboys Jalen Smith draft pick where they pick him supposed to be in the first round Jalen Smith was supposed to be like a top five pick right he got injured and he dropped and Dallas said we're gonna go for a flyer here we're gonna yeah. give up our second round pick on something that could happen that's what Denver did they yeah. got their first round pick on something that could turn out I can't believe though that Mason Plumley still plays in this league he's a good passer he's a weird player dude like he, I don't because he's, like, he's white no that's nothing to do with that <laughs> <laughs> he just like he's somewhere between like a small forward and a center and I'm not really exactly sure where he falls and I mean, he's playing. He has the passing right? ability of a small forward and the athleticism of a rec league center. Actually, he's pretty athletic, but he's just not fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he kind of lumbers a lot. Yeah. And that's that's weird for sure. I, I, I really. So, OK, w so we've seen the Nuggets heat up lately and you add my. like. So I think didn't Jamal Murray get hurt last night? Pretty sure he did. Um, I'm yeah. not, I didn't see the, the repercussions of what actually happened, but I know that. Porter shit, uh, actually like heating up is really going to help. I I'm just not the biggest Jamal Murray believer, I guess. Um, I am. He reminds, he reminds me a lot of Devin Booker, honestly. Okay. Not, um, but I, Devin I don't Booker's know. in the wrong situation. Yeah, he is. Um, well, I guess everybody in Phoenix is in the wrong situation. Actually, let's table Devin Booker. Let's come back to that. In a okay. Here. Sounds good. Um, but. What it does is it allows, like, Michael Porter Jr.'s future allows the Nuggets to allow Jeremy Grant to walk. Right. Because they're going to have to re-sign him. And I think that he could garner some four for 80. Four, four for eight, anywhere between 80 and 100, I think. I honestly think he'll probably get more than that. And not because he does, he's earned it or deserves it. It's just this league is stupid. 
Yeah. And we've seen so many times where it's like, oh, well. Like, there are times where you see these guys that get these contracts that can't even remotely play up to the the amount of money they get. Like, yeah, look at oh, Wiggins. For sure. Like, look at Wiggins. Yeah, and Chandler Parsons. There's, like, so many people that we can name, right? Well, that's just... And actually, I'm sorry, Zion Williams, uh, or Zion's return date is the 22nd. That's I'll what I was thinking. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, next Wednesday. Pretty um, big. Pretty big <clears> news. But it allows Jeremy Grant to walk. I think that the absolute best pickup that... Uh, that Dallas could make this soft season would be either Otto Porter Jr. or Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, yes. I'm not sure about Otto Porter Jr. anymore, man. And you know I've loved that guy for a long time, but I, I don't know what that guy is anymore. Like he's a D and three guy. Like he was, yeah. he was supposed to be better, but he he's just a D and three guy, right? And that's what they need. That's true. Like somebody, because you can plug and play a three guy yeah. any in any offensive system. What you need is defense. You need switchability. That's true. He he has had some some injury concerns right what do you think he commands money wise four for 80 yeah i would say about the same as jeremy grant they're both they're both pretty pretty similar to me jeremy grant i don't know it's hard to say i'd probably take jeremy i'd probably take jeremy grant over auto porter yeah i don't know for the upside factor i think i don't i don't don't think either of them have much more upside personally you don't think so i think they're both pretty pretty not ceiling doubt but Pretty darn close. Wow, I don't. Um, I don't think I knew that Jeremy Grant has been in the league for five years. It yeah, feel like it's been that long. And he was he was older too. Uh, he yeah. played a couple of years at yeah. Syracuse. He's twenty five. So yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. But he's shooting shooting thirty six percent from the three point line. Like important. Bring that into Carlisle's office. That's fantastic. That's great. Um, he shot forty percent last year. It's true. Interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, Porter and, definitely allows them to open that up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they don't. Like we talked last last week about Kevin the Kevin Love trade, right? They don't have to. One of the big my big selling points is you don't have to re-sign Jokic or Jamal Murray for the next five years. You don't have to do that. Like Michael Porter Jr. is on a rookie contract. You got that for the next three years. They're in a good spot. They're in a really good spot. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would be really surprised if they didn't win a championship in the next five years. I still wouldn't want anything to do with Kevin Love. Just yeah, that's fair. We've already had that, that was a that was a just me. I loved it. I loved the thought. I love that trade. I think it's the trade that if the I think it's the only trade that needs to happen this this trade season, okay trade right. deadline. If it happens, I'll be shocked. We, we oh, yeah, I don't I don't think it will happen. But we one hundred percent know who to credit if it does happen. Oh, for sure, because nobody else is talking. I'm, I'm reading all of these trade articles. Not a damn. Nobody bad. else is talking about it. I don't get it. Maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> oh, his left foot <laughs> fell off. Got it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But that would be that'd be it, dude. The dude wants out. Yeah. Right. Paul Millsap, you're paying him way too much, anyways. You don't have you have space to uh, to make the trade. It's a it's a trade that works for both sides. Cleveland amnesties or not doesn't amnesty, but just didn't Paul pay Paul Millsap and they go into full rebuild mode. Maybe even get a pick from Denver out of it. Like it's a win win. Yeah, that but pick's gonna be. Pretty, I digress. The, that pick's gonna be pretty. It, let's not go down this hole again because we already we already covered. That's this. fair. Yeah, that's um, fair. But yeah, man, I I, th- I like the flexibility that Denver's got. They're really damn good, and Jokic is start like. What is your opinion of a guy playing himself in the shape? Do you think that's unbelievably ridiculous? I don't like it just because I I think that <clears throat> that'd be like if I showed up fifteen minutes late every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? I mean, we'd start the podcast without you, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm talking about my regular work. I'd get fired, right? <laughs> I may be super like and. And I guess some people are just so talented that they can get away with it, right? 
we're gonna be honest. I probably am, but no doubt about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just. Joking. I'm not even questioning that. But I guess some people are so talented that they can get away with it. I just i i don't i don't think it's a fair precedent for the people that have to work their butt off. And I don't think that a leader should do that for right. sure. Agreed. And that's why I think everybody was really kind of surprised about Yogi doing that. Yeah, yeah. He he seemed like a he seems like a stand up guy. He says the right things in interviews. He seems to want to win. Like he he's self, he's very selfless on the court. Um, fan of Kit Kats, you know all that. Fan of Kit Kats. Some people want to win when they're on the court. Some people want to win when they're off the court. Like <sighs> said that all the time. Like Giannis wants to win when he's off the court. Giannis wants to win every second of the day. What a segue game. to talk about yeah. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of which, jeez, dude. God. Yeah, we'll get into that uh, in a second. But yeah, man, this this Denver team's really good. I don't I don't hate the take of them probably winning a championship in the next five years. I don't really hate that take at all. I think they're. Really talented. I, again, I'm not, not a biggest believer of Jamal Murray, so more needs to be seen there. We talked about how crazy it was that they gave him that max money deal at the, in the offseason, but I get why they did it, but uh, I don't know, man. I just, yeah. I still have a hard time believing that <clears throat> he's a max money guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I am probably. Yeah, I don't. Wrong. Um, so he's not, even, not, he's not a great defense. He's not a good defender at all. Um, I think he could develop into a score. Uh, he's, he's Devin Booker to me. I mean, he's shooting Maybe a less, t- less talented Devin Booker, 43 and a half percent from field goal range, 32.2% from threes and 91% free throw shooter. That's pretty good. Averaging about, that last one. That's, that's pretty rough, but the last one's good. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then he could averaging 17, 18 points a game. That's not good enough. Meh, yeah. For a max he could be a 50, 40, 90 guy. I think he could average 23 to 24 points a game and be a 50, 40, 90 guy. Yeah. That's what I think he can do. And that's what I think he can do. He can do on this contract. I think he'll, there's a very good chance that he'll do that next year. I think he's, he's playing like a player that deserves like four for 80 right now, not a max money deal. No. May, yeah, for sure. May, right now. Yeah. Right now. I think I, I could see him next year going 22 a game, 50, 40, 90. Like I could see that, but his career, he's at, uh, he's a 43 and a half percent. Uh, from field goal range, so same thing, thirty five point six percent from three point range, so a little bit better, and then an eighty eight percent, eighty nine percent free throw shooter averages fifteen points a game. Again, not max really young money. too. Yeah, I for mean, sure, he, but not max money. No, for sure. And and you pay like in the in the NBA, you pay people based upon uh, potential. Correct. But I guess with Porter being around, that may be that may be easier to. To make up for, I guess. Yeah. So it may not matter at the end of the day for for Denver. Um, so we kind of brushed on it briefly. Man, I know that I'm biased, so I don't want to comment on this until you've led the charge on this conversation. What do you think of Kyrie Irving? I I've I don't I don't I'm selling Kyrie stock. I said it before. Um I really like his game. Me and a buddy got into it at, at work. Not got into it, but we talk, we've been talking about it because he's a big Kyrie fan. He's a big, big uh, – um, actually, he's not even a fan as much as he just believes in his ability to change games. Um, I believe in his I, ability I, to change games too. Yeah, he's, I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's a great player. I don't think that he is top tier, like S, what they call S tier player anymore. You and um, I, we were talking about this on Twitter yesterday, and it's. It, I said that I, I think that Kyrie, I don't think that he lives and 
lives and dies to win. You said it best. You what? What was it exactly you said? The way you put it was perfectly eloquent. Yeah, there are people who like to win, and there are people who hate to lose. And I don't think Kyrie hates to lose. That's a great. I think way he likes to, look to at win. It. I th- I think he likes to win, but I don't think he hates to lose. And I think yeah. that's the biggest differentiator with him. Not to mention, he's a psycho. He is. He is so weird. Like that people like when like Kyle's a big. Um, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Westbrook fan. Like he's a big like fan of the player, not as much the team, right? I just don't know how you can listen to the things that Kyrie says, the qu- read the quotes, all that, and be a Kyrie Irving fan. I just don't get it. I just he's good, but I mean the Nets are better without him. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean last year they were the playoff team. Yeah, this, it, t- this isn't a playoff. This isn't a playoff team, right? Or they're going to make the playoffs, but it's not a. <laughs> Not on their it's own. It's not delicious. a team that should. Right. Um, it, he doesn't make players better around him. I've said that ever since he left Cleveland. I I said it in Cleveland too, but it was it wasn't as apparent because he had LeBron on his team, right? Um, he doesn't make players better around him. I don't think he makes people better around him either. I know that to be true. Like if you put LeBron James into a locker room, the people around him are going to become better, and they're going to want to win. And they're going to get. They're going to become better people as long like, as he they, wants them around. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think Giannis, like people around Giannis are going to become better people. Yeah. Right. Just by, just by the yeah. fact that he's just Giannis. so driven, he's going to make them better. Kyrie's not like that. Um, one thing I will say, and I'll give Lance props on this one is he, he said, like, whenever you're looking at an ISO, but, or when it, he's the best ISO in the game, I was like, eh, I'm probably going to take James Harden. Kyrie actually has a higher score rate on his ISOs than James Harden does. I could see that. I'm not surprised by crazy. That. Yeah. And it's because it's because he gets to the line so frequently and he shoots 91% from the free throw line. Okay. So um, he's still a great, great scorer, still a great player. He's averaging 27 points per game this year, right? Yeah, but he's only um, played like how many games has he played? I'm yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up. Keep going. Yeah. Um, but I just don't. That's not the star that I'm trying to build around. He's garnering, he's acting like, and people treat him like he's a star that you want to build around, and he is not a star that you want to build around. Strong agree. How many games do you think that he's played? Uh, Over under 20. Over under 20? Yeah. I mean, I'd probably put it in the 25, but I'm, I bet you're about to say under. 14. Good Lord, dude. So, sure, he's averaging that, but like, you're averaging 27 points a game, but you've only played 14 games. So I tough. and the team is better without you. And to think that that's just going to magically get better when you put Kevin Durant on the court. And uh, the, Kevin Durant's talk, not a leader either. No, we talked about this last episode, and we talked about this in the offseason too. Whenever they both signed there, it, it that was always a very odd fit to me because there's nobody that's an alpha on that team. And we, and we talked about that last episode, but. More so than anything else, there's this, like, I don't know. There's just this, like, feel of they had something going, a young core that they built, almost like Toronto. And while I see, I saw the the writing on the wall of dropping Kawhi onto that team, you try to drop these two onto that team. Kevin Durant, I could see. I don't see... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being dropped onto a team and that working properly and then not having to reform the entire offense around him because that was the problem with the Celtics last year when Kyrie was was on the court while he averaged 27 points a game it was really 
freaking good. I think it was 24 points a game. Uh, while he was really freaking good, he played 67 games, so he played majority of the season. He They had to run the offense through him and not Gordon Hayward, and it, the whole team suffered because of it. Yeah. And it just, like, you've got these, like, pieces like Karis LeVert, and like, players, like, guys are really good, and it it just seems like, like, they basically are just trying to punt on this year, and I just don't get that. Yeah. Like, is yeah, that I really what the ownership and- wants out of what they're paying these guys? Yeah. The, I mean, the ownership has been just, has just shoveled money into this program ever since they first got it. They were in a, there was years after the, after the Boston trades where they were leading the league in luxury tax and they were a brand new team, 10 games a win <laughs> yeah, or 10 wins a game or 10 wins a year. Jeez. Well, good you Lord. Tra- we need to for- cut this one from the tapes. No, you're good. Um, you trade for Paul <laughs> Pierce and old KG. I mean, you know, like, there was a lot of signs there that that wasn't really going to work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, if you told me, <clears throat> I I think that the Nets would be better without Kyrie. I think that they'd better be better with just KD. I think so too. I know that like, would be true. Yeah, yeah. If next year you you have somebody like KD, by his nature, is an ISO player. Mm-hmm. He's a player that needs the ball in his hands to score. Can he score in different ways? Yes, but he's that's not how he. Um, yeah, because he's he's so transcendent, right? But that's not how he wants to score. Even whenever Golden State brought in KD, their offense slowed, their pace slowed, and the way that they're the amount of passes and assists that they averaged per game slowed as well because KD was still a ball stopper. Right. They had to change the way that he played. And even into those last series or those last series against the the Rockets or those um those ones late in his Golden State career, he was still stopping the ball in clutch moments and taking ISO. That's true. Kyrie's not going to move off the ball like Stephen Curry will. Right. Kyrie's not going to facilitate like Stephen Curry will. Like that offense isn't going to be built for KD to catch and shoot. That offense is going to be built for two ISO players on the court. And look what's happening when you have two ISO players on the court it's in Houston right now, where Russell Westbrook has a worse PER than he did in his third year in the league. Yeah, it's true. And I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw out a wild prediction. I don't. I really think this is going to happen. I don't think Kyrie's going to be there by the time that Kevin Durant gets back. Jeez, I yeah, I'm not I'm not there yet just because they brought him in, brought them in together. Like if they weren't going three amigos with DeAndre Jordan, that's I would I would be 100% on that, but I just don't think that the uh um the Nets want to risk pissing off Kevin Durant. But do you or think Kyrie, that really? DeAndre Jordan is going to be playing at the level he's... No, dude. He's not doing that now. Another that, year down the the line? That's my big issue with what KD did was that, like... I've taken heat for it because it's like, why would you do a sign-in trade for D'Angelo Russell when you're coming off this team that hurt you, that literally, like, played you and convinced you to play whenever you were hurt? Iguodala came out in his podcast and said, or said that, like, was telling him that he was getting cleared on broken legs. Why would you sign with that team in order to get traded to the nets and have them give away one of their best young assets so that you could come in and you, and you could pick up Deandre Jordan. Like it was a stupid move by KD. And all it did was like benefit the warriors for that to happen. He could have signed with the nets outright in just room and have a better team there than what he did. Yeah. I, I mean, We've talked about this before, though. What that comes down to is that guys want to play with their friends. But but they could have he could have signed with he could have signed both him and Kyrie. They had the room to sign both those guys. Yeah, the only, that, that would you would have to do it to get DeAndre Jordan there. Yeah, 
that's fine. Maybe DeAndre Jordan's your friend, but it was a stupid business move. It was a stupid basketball decision. And I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna win a championship there. Uh yeah, I don't I think that Kevin Durant's legacy is going I mean, it's a little more solidified in my mind than it probably is yours. I know you're a huge like I know you love Kevin Durant and all that, but uh, Oh, I love Kevin Durant. I, I get it. I I kiss his picture before before bedtime every night. <laughs> Rightfully so. But my point <laughs> my is anus. like I, I do think that it may not it would really help his legacy to win a championship elsewhere. I don't oh, yeah. think this is going to affect Kevin Durant a whole lot at all because he kind of holds all the cards in this situation almost certainly. But I mean, yeah, if dude, you told me to choose between Kyrie and KD, I'd take KD, KD all day. Even coming back from that injury, he's coming back from. I'd still choose KD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. re, do you have that quote that he put out the other day about that team? Oh, Kyrie's quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I'll just read it off. This came out yesterday. He said. Um, this is after the loss of the Sixers. I mean, it's transparent. It's out there in glaring terms, in terms of pieces we need, we that we need in order to be at the next level. I'm going to reiterate it. We're going to do the best with the guys that we have in our locker room right now. And we'll worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving forward or moving pieces and everything else as an organization down the line in the summer. It's just something that we signed up for. We knew what we were coming into at the beginning of the season. Guys were going left and right. GT is out. DJ got hurt tonight. Wilson is back. We've got complimentary young guys as well that have done a great job the last three years. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring. We need one more piece or two more pieces that complement myself, KD, DeAndre Jordan, GT, Spence, Karras, and we'll see how that evolves. You need another. Yeah. How can you say that? Jeez, dude. Dude, the, oh my God, I have so many problems with that. One, you haven't even been on the court with KD yet. Yeah. So how can you sit there and say, oh, this is what the team needs? You're full of shit, dude. You played 14 games. Shut your fucking mouth. Like, yeah, you have dude. a ring because you played on a team with LeBron. This is Celtics, too. Right. 100%, dude. And it's going to end worse than it did before with the Celtics. At yeah. least with the Celtics, it was pretty much, we just wash, we all wash our hands of it, the situation and walk away. At least it's it was going to end up worse for the Nets. Which, yeah, which yeah, I have I no problem I guess it's going to end up worse for everybody because Kyrie, this is the second time he'll do it, and his stock's going down if he does it again. And, I, 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 dude, I'm telling you, like, I just don't see this working. And then you're going to sit there and take a shit on this team that has be been better on the court without you and also was a team, you know, way more of a team than anything else whenever he wasn't there, but like last year. And they were much better. Yeah. What are you talking about, dude? Also, Jared Allen is way better than DeAndre Jordan. So I don't know well, what, yeah, the, he's what like, the heck he's talking about. He, he, They're missing DJ. Like, Jared Allen's playing better than him now. You could take this quote and tell me that before uh, Anthony Davis got to the Lakers and the first year that LeBron was, was there, if you told me that this quote came from LeBron at that point in time, I would have absolutely believed you. Yeah. Because of the way that he wanted to ship all those players out of town, which he did. I would have absolutely believed you. But, like, for Kyrie to sit there and say this, he's full of shit, dude. And he's not a locker room guy. He's not a leader of anything. He's a shit leader. Yeah. I would never want to play with this guy. And, and I told you guys this, too. Like, this uh, this is how it, exactly the kind of crap that I dealt with whenever he was in Boston. I listened to this kind of crap constantly from him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're a team. We're a family. You know, we're, we're going to get it together. Like, we love the guys that we have here, blah, blah, blah. And then something like this. And then flip. And then flop. And then flip. And then flop. It just never stops with this dude. 
he's not a winner. He's not a proven basketball player in my mind. The dude wins a championship and then goes, I want out. Yeah. Like, who the hell does that? Right. Like, I want away from LeBron James. Like, I, man, I get it. Like, you were living under that shadow. So if you want to go out and prove yourself, man, I'm fine with that. But you got to be better than this. Yeah. Plus, you were 22. Right. Like, it's okay for you to live under a top two player, like indisputably top two player of all time. When you're 22, bro, wait two more years. Also, when you came from Duke, that's a, yeah. another sidebar. But yeah, that's that's why he's weird. It's got to be. But I mean, just things like that, man, I just don't understand with this guy. And like, to me, like a proven player is a guy that does all the right things and, and you know, does and says all the right things that that yeah. matters to me. I know that I value that probably more than you and Kyle do because you're you guys are more by the X's and O's numbers guys. But like I value that in like I think this guy treats people like shit. Yeah, here's here's the thing. Like what he said was all right until he started listing off players. Right. Until he started saying these guys are good. These guys are not good by omitting them. It, that's that's just, when it gets bad because he didn't list Jared Allen. He didn't list Joe Harris, who right. flipping was the best three point shooter in the league last year. I mean, like other than the fact that he probably knows that Joe Harris is going to walk out the door next year, but I don't fucking blame him because of stuff like this, dude. I wouldn't want him to stay on that team. No, he can. You know, they're not going to win a championship. No, and I just think that <laughs> saying things like this when KD's involved, like he's pretty out of the picture right now, and which is fine. He's not going to want to listen to that. He's trying to win a championship. Yeah. I don't I don't know what KD said to him after this behind closed doors. But it's pretty obvious that Kyrie's personality or attitude or the way that he interacts with the media hasn't changed, which shows me that nobody's trying to rein him in. Right. Which is a problem. Show, shows me exactly what what we we talked what about. we we talked about is that there's two betas on this team. Yeah. And I'm like, it is what it is. I'm fine with that if that's the way you want to go. But like your your expectation has to be tempered in that point. And I just, I don't see, I mean, Katie's won championships. He has. And he knows what it takes to win championships. And so is Kyrie. I've given that. But LeBron won those championships. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be real honest here. And I just, I don't see it, man. I really don't. I think it's going to be a problem going forward. And I, I'd be willing to wager. I'm not, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't say I'd be ready to put money on it yet, but I'd be willing to to think about wagering that Katie's not going to want part of this as we keep going forward. I don't know that it's going to be next year, but I don't see this in any of this ending well. So let's say, so Katie never wins a championship again. Mm-hmm. Is does that change his legacy for you? He's about. You'll have him a top ten player of all time. I do. He's number ten though. Okay. So like I. Pretty I close. would put him in the top 10 skills of like player, like talent of all time. Mm-hmm. He's not in the top 10 greatest of all time conversation for me. See, I think he, but is he close? I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'll have to look at the list. It, it's also going to be hard for you to look at this objectively until his career's done and you can breathe on it a little bit. I can't put him in a greatest of all time over Kobe. I can't rank him over Kobe. <sighs> oh, he's definitely over Kobe for me. I, I, I mean, Kobe has more championships, one. Yeah, I don't. He stayed in, like, say all, say what you will about the Shaq-Kobe ordeal. And Pal. There's a reason they picked Kobe over Shaq. And Pal. Yeah, Pal. I mean, he but he he attracted Pal. Yep. Pal was not near the caliber. Sure. What was Andrew Bynum that, that KD played with? Sure. 
KD had better teams in that Thunder team than Kobe had with the Pow team. Yeah, but my point is you can you can play that game all day long. So I'm trying to look at the isolated player. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So like I, I I don't I would be hard pressed to put KD top 15 greatest of all time. Okay. I think he's probably somewhere in the 15 to 20 range for me. Okay. And, and that's the thing. And we talked about this. We're going to get, I promise listeners, we're going to get to this. I promise. Yeah. We're going to do our top 25. Dude, you know what it is? Is I write down a list and I go, this player was way better than this person. Like all the time. Do, what do I do with Bob Cousy? I change mine every week. I've, Every week I've changed it since we talked about this and this show. Where started. do you have Bob Cousy at? That's I what no I want. Idea. That's all I want to know. And then I I'll have... make my list. Right. No, I know. What do I, I do I... with that guy? That guy couldn't win a rec league game now. No, I know. There's so many confusing parts to it. But I get what you're saying. I just I I just think overall when you really sit down and look at the numbers and you really look at like what they complemented to the team, like the one through like the one through 10 is pretty easy because we've talked about this before. We all pretty much have the same players just in slightly different orders, but it's that 11 through 20 range. That's really hard. And they're all very, very close. And to me, the like distance between 11 and like 18 is incredibly like slim. I, I, so it's a matter of flip flopping people around and that that's probably where it comes to. But I, I, I do think for him to raise himself on my list that, Kevin Durant specifically, he's got to win another ring, and he's got to do it without the Warriors. I agree. Yeah, obviously. But then if he, if he does it without the Warriors, then I'm putting him top fifteen. What are you going to do when I put Scottie Pippen over Kevin Durant? <laughs> That's an unbelievable take, but okay, it's your I, list. I think that people will probably get very upset. I'll yeah. be having some fit pitchforks outside. Yeah, it's your list. That's not my name on it. I think Scottie Pippen is unbelievably underrated, but okay. I digress. Okay, we'll get so. He's probably not over KD for me. As a bit of a a teaser, too, and we've talked a little bit about this offline, but um, that whole uh, uh, 30 for 30 this summer is coming. It's a 10-part documentary on the the Bulls and everything. And we'll do reviews over all that as they come out or as we watch it and everything. And I think that'll be a great place to talk about Pippen and and all that stuff because there's a lot to talk about there. You want to hear my fear in regards to that? Yeah. It's made by ESPN. Yeah. And ESPN has made so much money on Michael Jordan's back that I'm afraid they're not going to show anything in regards to like any, they're not going to show him in a negative light. It's going to be just worship Jordan, worship Jordan, worship Jordan. Oh, yeah. And you're going to get the same thing that you've had shoved down, the same narrative you've had shoved down your throat for the past 30 years, shoved uh, down I, it again. I, I can tell you right now that's what's going to happen. But like, yeah. uh, I mean, they're not going to talk about the gambling stuff and all that if that's what you're getting at. Or are you, are you referring more to like him just kind of being an asshole? No, I'm more referring to the fact that like that team was built for him. And ultimately, he's transcendent talent, top, definitely top two greatest players of all time. In 99% of lists, you're going to see him at top one greatest player of all time. But, dude, that team was – like people don't give enough credit to that team that he was he was on. Uh, any of those teams, really. Yeah, any, like – yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, you're, you're 100% right. They're not going to show him in a negative light. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, not not a negative light, uh, but even like even like in a haloed light. Like they won't shine. I don't think they're going to shine the spotlight that needs to be shined on Dennis Rodman and how mm. flipping good he was, dude. And Scottie so Pippen, good. like those three guys were probably the three best defenders in the league. And Rodman or Pippen was probably the best. Rodman may have been the second. Jordan may have been the third. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll show that i will say this this documentary series is on the bulls though like that in those 90s bulls though and not necessarily michael jordan specifically so 
we may see some of that, but they're not going to paint Jordan as not the the number one player of all time, no matter what. Oh, for what. sure. That, that's yeah, not going to happen, yeah. I can tell you that much. But right. I, I still think it'll be really interesting. It'll be great revisionist history. And that'll be probably be a time that we do the list whenever whenever the season's not going on. It's a little bit quieter in the summertime. I mean, hell, we're pumping all the way up to end of June last year, but still, um, you know, it's a good time to do it. So we'll, we'll yeah. get into that at some point. So I can't wait. But I, I just... with. Getting back to the little Kevin Durant thing, I just I don't see this working the the way that they think it's going to work, and Kyrie's going to be the problem. And if he yeah. if he thinks that he's going to go from the Warriors to the Nets with Steph Curry and Kyrie, that's not the same thing. I said that last year when it first happened. I, you did. I said he's going to look around and realize this guy's not Steph Curry. Like <laughs> I'm not stinks. playing with the greatest. <laughs> The yeah. greatest teammate of all time anymore. This guy's talking about flat earth and shit. What the fuck's going on here? I just think that he's gonna like. Were they friends? Do you know? I don't. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like they obviously were, and I I hate to like simplify things and go back to that a lot, but it seems to be a deciding factor for a lot of this. And it, I didn't never really know that they were friends. I think it was weird. I don't think Kyrie actually has friends. I don't think he has friends either. I think. Yeah, I think part it's of a, a weird situation. I would just love to see how they interact offline without the cameras on them. Mostly via burner Twitter handles. Oh yeah, that's true. Boy, he's been out there killing it though with the Twitter with the, on his Twitter game lately. Dude, him and Kendrick Perkins have gotten <laughs> into it, bro. How have we not talked about that at fifty six minutes into this episode? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, whose side are you on here? I mean, I think you're probably on Perk's side, right? I'm I'm mad at Perk, dude. Ah, that. That was the best team that never was, dude. That was, so true. that was they had James Harden. They had three MVPs on that team, and we amnestied or we we got rid of one of them so that we could keep Kendrick Perkins. That's unbelievable. Instead of amnestying him, because we were so freaking afraid of Dwight Howard in LA. Who did they amnesty anyway? Did they even use that? They didn't amnesty, amnesty anybody. They they traded they traded James Harden for Kevin Martin as a one year stopgap, and Jeremy right. Lamb as what was supposed to be James Harden's heir, and then the pick that became Stephen Adams. Um, they could have, instead of doing that, amnestied Kevin Perkins or, or Kendrick Perkins and kept all three of those guys. But we were we were terrified of Dwight Howard. Would all three of those guys ever have worked? Yeah. You think? Yeah. If, if you watch, like, James Harden wasn't what James Harden is now. James Harden was well, right. the guy that came in when Russell Westbrook was winning in one of his funks. And, dude, like, as funky as Westbrook is today, he was just as funky back then, right? Like, okay. you get into – where he'd just be trying to go too fast. Like he was trying to do too much. He lived in the chaos. And whenever the chaos started going away from him, it was bad. But Sam or Scott Brooks would throw in James Harden and say, go take the ball from Russell. Whenever Russell started getting into those funks and it worked perfectly. Hmm. And James Harden was super efficient coming off the bench and unstoppable. The big thing was that you had, you had 60 minutes of no drop off in scoring efficiency. And that's nobody in the league has that. Right. Because you have James Harden coming off the bench. I right? remember them being a massive pain in the ass for sure. Yeah. And I I just I know Harden obviously wasn't the Harden he is now at that point in time, but I always wondered about that because of the skill set that that Harden developed to become as good as he is. I don't know that he would have developed the same skill set there. And I definitely don't trust that Scotty Brooks would have done that. No, yeah, Developed. for sure. It, like he couldn't have built the offense that Dantoni has built, right? He doesn't right. have the mind, regardless I mean, of whether Dantoni's offense is everybody stand in the corner and watch James Harden work. But I mean, but Kevin at least McHale, James Harden put it, or Dantoni put it there, right? But Kevin McHale was the one that developed that game, and then Dantoni just took it to the next level. 
Really? Okay. Well, I'm just that. saying, like, in general, like, Ke- Kevin McHale was there, like, whenever James Harden got there and figured out what his game is going to be. And then Mike D'Antoni's system was perfect for it. Yeah. Um, I hate Mike D'Antoni's yeah, system. True. I always have. <laughs> but the, the big thing, like, people forget that James Harden was taken that early because he went to OKC and he said, I want to play behind these guys. I don't even That's like true. being the first guy. That's and he true. was very adamant about he wants to be second fiddle to these two other guys. So I don't I don't think that he would have ever had a problem just at least or not until many years down the line of of coming off the bench. Yeah, that's true. He came in and said that there were never any fights between any of them whenever James Harden was there. Whenever James Harden left, and then that's when the fight started happening between Katie and Russ, especially late later. But yeah. uh whenever they were there, they were they were great. Like there's a picture of that Bill Simmons writes this this article called The Harden Disaster. Oh, yeah. And I read it every single year. Oh, yeah. Every single year I read it after we get bounced in the playoffs. And at the top of the uh the top of the page, there's a picture of KD, Russ, and James Harden all with their arms around each other watching LeBron James celebrate his first championship. It's fucking and tough. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's like that was who they were. It was like, how do you split up? They had a top five guy in KD, a top 10 guy in Russ, and a top 15 guy in James Harden. Like, how do you split that up all under the age of 20, 23? I think how do you about, split that up, dude? I think about that year, and I, I remember how rough that was to watch for me because I hated both those teams. Yeah. And, but until I met you, who's an actual Thunder fan, I was like, man, that was so much worse for you. <laughs> dude, it was it was horrible. But I, I was like... In the boat of, I knew that th- this was LeBron James's year. I knew sure. that there was no I mean, chance. Yeah. Like, still, you yeah. have hope at that point, and that's crushing. Yeah. All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. We got through a lot of stuff. We picked on Kyrie. I love it. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. We want to go ahead and remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at Sense Blue Loud on Twitter and on Instagram. We want to make sure to remind everyone also to follow us on Facebook. That's Sense Blue Loud Media. Make sure to follow Josh and I on Twitter. Get some of the latest takes and everything. And uh, Kyle Beats will be back with us hopefully next week. He's been pretty busy the last couple of weeks, but I think he should be back with us. Uh, and if you guys do have anything that you want to uh, add to the show, Lance, you want to call in, any of the great listeners that give us feedback and everything, please do that. 972-885-9361. We'll see everybody next week. See you, man.